Broadcasting live from the Subaru of Gwinnett Studios in Atlanta, it's time for On the Money. Presented by Embassy National Bank. Now, here's your host, Joe Moss. Good afternoon, everybody. This is Joe Moss, and I'm the host of On the Money, brought to you by Embassy National Bank. We're the show that uh, talks about topics that are helpful to small business leaders and enabling them to better run their business. As you know, Embassy National Bank is strong in helping the small business community, and we have money to lend, and uh, we know how to lend it. So um, here we are. Today we're going to talk about another aspect of lending for small businesses, and it's one that has kind of been a little pushed aside over the years, but I think it's coming back in prominence because of um, of um, some of the things going on in in, uh, in banks and, and other places. So we're going to talk about factoring today, and with us is Mark Little. Uh, he is the president and founder of Diversified Funding Services located here in Atlanta. So, Mark, good to have you. Good to be here. Thanks for having me on the show. Um Tell us about your background before we get into factoring. My background, I would be, I guess, a serial entrepreneur. I grew up in a family-owned business and watched my father build two businesses from nothing. Uh, he actually just had a sixth-grade education. His father made him uh, quit school and work the farm when he was younger back in the days. So I watched him accomplish that through just good, honest, you know, hard work. And I didn't want to be a mechanic all my life. It was actually an automotive business. And I actually wanted to have two and three locations back when I was very young. And it didn't quite fit into his views of things. So I was going to go out and conquer the world and start my own business and went out there and the lessons began. And so I have tried so many things over the years. And in 98, I uh, founded Diversified Funding Services, as you stated earlier, and it's been quite a fun ride and to watch what it has accomplished for so many businesses that was unable to obtain the needed capital to, to grow. It's been a very pleasurable experience. Now, did you have um, factoring experience before you started the company? Absolutely. Did not even know what it was. Really? Yep. Um, so you uh, you got to talk about that, how you got your your knowledge and your intelligence about the uh about factoring i guess it's just it just comes from first and foremost just having that entrepreneurial mindset and knowing what is required to to finance a company uh watching what my father went through to you know deal with cash flow because obviously it doesn't matter how much a business is doing uh if it's in prison and tied up in receivables and owed to them uh, as you well are aware of it does no good for them Cash is king. Absolutely. Yeah. It is. <laughs> um, let's talk about factoring, then we'll get into a little bit more of the um, history. Tell us what factoring is. In a nutshell. Because I want to break down the mechanics of right. it for people. Any business that provides a product or a service to another business. To another business. To another business. Uh, and they invoice and wait for payment. Factoring is a process of purchasing those invoices at a discount. So, the, the terms remain, uh, the factor just uh, advances monies on those receivables. The company is able to use that cash flow that was imprisoned by those receivables and do whatever they need to do with it. It's, of course, their money. The factor waits on the payment. 
when the payment comes in, and then they're rebated the balance, which will explain a little further how it functions. Now, um, what happens if the payment doesn't come in? It Well, there's what's known as non-recourse factoring, which means if the factor purchases that receivable and it's approved and something goes wrong, then the factor eats it. Uh, the problem with that, and it's not as popular as it sounds because that factor is going to get credit insurance on that receivable. So that um, company that owes the invoice is going to have to be approved for credit insurance. Plus, the rate's going to be much higher. Correct, because they have to you know, take in the, the cost of the, um, the insurance. It's, it's usually modified recourse So, because at the end of the day, it's their business still. You know, you're just purchasing the invoice, but you can't stand behind their work or their service. And so I just always take the stance of why would you not want to stand behind your product or service? So uh, there again, in the process of before the invoice is purchased, there's going to be due diligence done before that invoice is taken on. So it's going to help protect from anything going wrong. That also gets into the other side of the benefits of having a factor as a, as a partner is those receivables become under their management. So there's going to be a, a closer eye, so to speak, on tracking the invoice, identifying if a problem does come up uh, during the collect, waiting on the collection, then the, the factor will be able to identify that maybe sooner than that business owner would have. And and the the let's get with the the, the players. You've got the um, you've got the business that has bought the service from the company. Um, then you've got the company who's invoicing for their services, and then you've got what you call the factor, and that's the entity that actually buys the invoice. That's correct. And um, the factor will they do the? They'll do all the the uh, collections up to a point. All all payment does go to the factor. Uh, but what does. about the if for in terms of non-payment, will they get on the phone and chase the uh, invoice, or do they just boot it back to the businessman? It's usually a ninety-day recourse. Mm-hmm. So if that invoice goes to ninety days, then it's going to have to be you know recoursed back or you know swapped out for a, another receivable or different ways of working that out. But that's flagged before that. So during the due diligence process, a company is going to have an average you know pay that they collect their invoices, and there's usually tickle calls, just calling really on behalf of the client to see if payment's been submitted on that particular invoice. That's when something may come up that something's wrong. So they can go ahead and and stop it then because the fees are going to be at maximum at 90 days. So obviously that wants to be avoided. And um, what size invoice, what's a minimum invoice or total of receivables that that a factor would want to get involved with? That's a good question. Different factors have different appetites. Uh, most factors, when they start out, they will take on any size deal. Uh, so it's not necessarily um, the size of the invoice. It's the amount of the total combined. Of the total. Uh, okay. Right. So if a fa- some factors will you know, start out doing you know, as low as $1,000 a month. Of total receivables. Of total receivables. A month. A month. Um, and then it goes, there's no upper limit. There's factors out so there. So that's only $12,000 in sales. Correct. Okay. And they could be, what, 10 invoices? The, yeah, and those types of things do affect, that's how it affects the rate. It's hard just to give a sort of a uh, rate off of, 
uh, a volume without knowing how many invoices make that volume up because the factor is going to have to process all those invoices and enter them into the, the software. You know, there's tracking the invoices. So all those make up the, the rates. Um, but a lot of factors will eventually swim upstream and, you know, and get more and more. Yeah. They won't, some won't do anything under 50,000 a month in volume. Um, um, now, someone that's on the lower scale, uh, how are the – let's talk about pricing. Hmm. Um, and I don't know where the breaks are. Is it, what, 25000 a month and lower? Or where are the breaks in terms of pricing, and how does that pricing look like? What does that look like? It, again, depends on the factor. But just to give a, a mindset of what you'd be expecting, is rates can be anywhere from one and a half on 30 days up to four and a half. Okay. So it just depends on the the volume. It also depends on how many customers make up the volume, because some companies, let's say that there's a company doing fifty thousand a month in invoicing, but it may just be with one customer. So that's heavy concentration. So that's more risk on a factor. So that's going to affect the rates if they're even willing to move forward with that. Some factors will not deal with concentration. So that gets into the vast amount of appetites factors have. Because uh, someone can go out there on their own, and that's sort of the service that I offered as a, as a consultant and a broker, is someone can go out there all day long and try to find a factor, which is fine, but they can spend a lot of time searching for a factor when just a few questions I can identify which ones would be kicked out of the you know opportunity of getting funding from them. And can one company use multiple factors? No, not at all. It's, it's, it's one factor because the factor has to have a UCC. Uh, one position on the receivables. Uh, so if, if anybody is in line uh, in front of a factor, they, they will not be able to do that. All right, let's say I'm a company rocking along with, uh, I don't know, half a million dollars a year in, in sales. My receivables are, say, uh, 60000 Is that about right? Um, actually, about 50000 a month. Um, so I'm, I'm going to sell off my fifty, and I'm going to get that money pretty quickly. I'm going to be charged, let's say, roughly 3% or about $15,000. No, $1,500. Now, the novice will look at that and say, well, if I take my $1,500 and annualize it, that seems like a pretty large interest rate. But in previous to the show, you were telling us, wait a minute, there's a lot of other factors to consider because you got to make sure it's apples to apples. So, Help me with the cost and how it's co- comparable to other alternatives. Okay. If you use the, you know, when you and I were, were speaking earlier yesterday, when you use the example of just for easy numbers, let's say a company's doing $100,000 a month and the rate's 3% on 30 days. The automatic thing to do is to take 3 times 12 and go that's 36% on the money. When this is not debt financing, this is not a debt is per transaction, so it's actually three percent. Because if you take a hundred thousand a month times twelve, that's one point two million. That's three percent. Okay. So if you are doing it on a debt basis, then obviously if someone gets a line of credit of a hundred thousand, that's all they have access to. If that's maxed out, hands are tied. No more capital. And yes, the rates are lower. Get you know gone through a traditional line of credit. But it's still a hundred thousand dollars. But 
I guess there's another benefit here that I was was looking at. You've got the factor is going to help you on the front end determine the credit worthiness of all your customers, aren't they not? Correct. And in a lot of respects, some of your credit checking then is offloaded to the factor partner. You've got a lot, of, lot more credibility in terms of, um, of, of who you're dealing with. And at the same time, they'll provide some collection help between the time it's issued because they want to get the money in as quick as they can. Correct. So they're going to spend some time on the phone, I would think, up until 90 days when it may come back to you. Very good point. It's not just the fee. Let's just keep it simple. If it's, you know, 3% on 30 days, they're not just paying that fee to receive the the, the money. Those receivables are coming under the factor's um, control, so to speak, to Mm -hmm. where it's going to be monitored heavier than most companies monitor their receivables because that's what the factors are in business of. So it really comes under, under their management. The good point you made about uh, checking the, the credit on their debtors to where there's been lots of times that we've had a applicant come along. We do due diligence and find out that their customers are not credit worthy. Mm-hmm. So obviously they're exposed having, you know, carrying offering terms them, themselves. Uh, it's also having a factor as a financial partner. If another opportunity comes along before they even accept that, contract or agree to do business with that on terms the factor will look into it and let them know what credit limits available if any well that's what i wanted to ask you they'll do the factor will help you on the front end before you even engage with the customer correct now are there does the factor have to go through all the stuff that a bank has to go through all the know your customer and aml and fencing check and all that kind of stuff or they're just doing a credit check they're doing a credit check on the debtor okay and okay. it's not they're they're not contacting those customers at the, at that time. It's just through DMB experience, experience all the access okay. that's easy to look at. Now your role in all this, you're you're a, a finder and a matcher upper, correct. And what's the benefit of using someone with your expertise as opposed to trying to get on the phone and do it yourself? Just taking the years of seventeen plus years of experience, and just because of someone's offering you money doesn't mean it's a good company to do business with. And the, the world becomes very small in the industry. And the people that's been around for any time at all, you kind of know each other. Mm-hmm. And there's some factors that I personally wouldn't want to do business with, nor would I want to place someone with. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, that just comes along with, with the experience and being able to call your colleagues because factors do work together. If there's something that goes wrong, you can call someone up and, and ask what they know about that company. Uh, so it is a... a close niche community so to speak and um uh, plus you're making sure they get the best deal also correct and but sometimes the best deal is not the cheapest rate well yeah best deal is relative that's what i try to tell our customers but they just want to hear rate but sometimes there's a lot more to it than just rate absolutely and it it, personally i I know it's easy to say when it's not your your money per se or your business uh, but um, you got to be careful who, who you deal with because a factor is getting access to your clients. They're going to be interacting with your clients. And if you have a, a factor that doesn't have good principles, good standards, integrity, uh, that could jeopardize a relationship. Um, now, the competition for this, um, 
And uh, let me just remind everybody, this is On the Money, brought to you by Embassy National Bank. I am Joe Moss, the moderator, and uh, we are talking to Mark Little about factoring, um, which is a, an, an old financing concept, but I think it's going to see a lot more um, trend going upwards um, as they start comparing this to some of the other events that are out there. Mm-hmm. And let's talk about that. What are some of the other events that are that are would possibly cause a customer to want to go into factoring? Wow, there's so many reasons that maybe some people don't realize. Uh, first and foremost, there's a lot of businesses out there that maybe want to grow a little bit, and they don't even offer terms. And as you know, terms are required to deal with a lot of companies, especially the bigger companies. This would allow a company to offer terms and not have to, to drown on waiting. Uh, it could be a company that's just starting up. And when I say startup, they could open business tomorrow. Literally a startup. Yeah, long as they are generating invoices. So there, there doesn't have to be a history. It doesn't have to be two years of you know financial tax returns. Backing up, though, there's some factors that require those things. Mm-hmm. So kind of what you had mentioned earlier, someone can get on the phone or get one of their associates or, or employees to get on the phone and, and make calls and just go do a search online and you'll be overrun with choices. Uh, but it's taking the time to call each one and see what they their appetites are. And then uh, why not an accounts receivable line with the bank? They they As far as why would they not go there first? Yeah. Well, most businesses do. Okay. And they're going to find out that, well, they haven't been in business long enough. Um, their, their credit may not be uh, up to the bank standards. We Some factors will look at personal credit. Some don't. But more look at it now than they did, you know, years back. You're going to hear the same old uh, bank stuff that you typically hear. I want personal financial statement i want you to personally guarantee the line um i want to see all your tax returns da, 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 da. and um and uh a lot of times that just won't get people over the hump i know at our bank even though we are for small business we really don't want to do anything say for less than about a half a million and so there could be somebody right there below that or just, this, like you said, just started up to where this could be a big benefit for them. And that's why we like to work closely with banks is because instead of saying no, you're able to at least refer them to, to a reputable party to try to help them obtain financing. And because and even though they're told no, they're going to walk out of your bank and go to another bank mm-hmm. or go to another bank until they really find, realize that, well, this is not an option right now. But they're going to remember the, the banker that did refer them over. And then the goal is to grow them to return to the bank mm-hmm. and obtain that traditional you know line or, or loan or whatever. They- um, and talk about some of the other new competitors that are out there, the what they call the alternative lenders. Uh, I, having my business grow so much from online leads, I have never – experience such an overwhelming amount of capital that's available for businesses and today today the online there's so much money available uh, that so much you know a lot of large hedge funds they're just dumping money into the market Mm -hmm. and there's online lenders popping up it seems like monthly and just because money is easy doesn't mean it's the best thing to get involved with i'm not knocking it completely but Business owners have to be careful 
about what they uh, jump into because the, the the difference going on with a lot of the online lenders is it's based on future sales. So if they, they look at your, you know, history of your bank statements or your merchant, you know, credit card swipes and decide how much they're going to approve you for on an advance, if something happens with your sales, then obviously you're, you're owing that debt mm-hmm. uh, and it's not cheap either. Um, there's also these online lenders are taking high risk, meaning they don't care if they're in a first position with their UCC. They could take second, third. There's even Let's co- talk about that because there's a way for them to overcome that. Let's talk about that a little bit. Well, they actually will some, you know, let's say someone has a small bank line or say they're already factoring and they're not able to get additional capital that they need or maybe think they need. So then they get this access to these online lenders that say we don't have to have first position. So we'll actually we'll have the money there in three days. Correct. Correct. I heard an ad yesterday. I got 50 grand over the weekend. Right. Literally, literally that fast. Right. But what does that tell you, just common sense wise, that if if someone's willing to advance money to anyone, whether it's a consumer or to a business, and they're not securing themselves, they'll find another way to they'll get find it. another way to get it. And if if it if it's a loss, then that shows you how much they're making overall as yields, to where they understand we're going to write off however many millions of dollars to make however many millions of dollars. But at the same time, don't you sign an uh, uh, automatic ACH form that allows you them to debit your account whenever? Correct. That's how they get paid back is is through through the ACH. And let me just tell you what happens. What they do is they've got programs out there, and they'll figure out when to hit your account. Mm -hmm. When's the most optimum time to hit the account? They'll just come in and grab it. So – in effect, they're shooting through anybody's lien. They're they're shooting through a lien on property, on receivables for anybody because they're. It's like the bank. You know, if if you overdraw your account, the bank gets the first deposit that comes in. Right. That's just like these guys. The money comes in there, boom, it's gone. Well, I just I don't. I mean, it's to me personally, everybody's got their opinion. That's it's volatile uh, because especially you know when you have a lender come in and they they know that a business already has a small bank line or a factoring relationship. They may already have a small advanced account. And then that company will say, we'll give you another one and stack it on that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just crazy. Yeah. And um, let's, let's go back to uh, um, other types of lending for the small business. Um, then get an American Express credit card. Correct. Uh, have to personally guarantee it. Correct. Um, might be something they'd like to do. But if you factor, it doesn't touch your personal credit, does it? You may have to sign personally for this stuff, but it's not like it's hitting your personal credit. Good point. It's not anything to show up because you're not getting a loan on it. And and also, it's a, it's a good way for a company's balance sheet to look very nice. If there's an exit strategy and a company's going to sell but they have an opportunity for rapid growth. Mm-hmm. Factoring is a perfect tool for rapid growth because it's unlimited access to capital as long as you're invoicing creditworthy customers. So go through rapid growth, all fueled by factoring. The balance sheets could be strong because there's no debt on it. 
So it's, right. it's going to be a very healthy. Well, let's talk about um, who are some of the – give us an idea of a type of industry that you work with. I know you say anybody that does business-to-business um, work, but give us an idea of specific companies, maybe not uh, give names, but certainly the, the industries that they're in, that type of thing. Trucking companies heavily lean on it. Staffing companies. If they're dealing business to business, business staffing right. company. You think about the the cash flow demands on a staffing company. So as, as uh, they got to pay every two weeks. Correct. So, right. And so if they have an opportunity to take on other contracts, and say each contract's ten employees, that's ten more payrolls, and they're not strong enough for traditional financing because there's not assets for that bank to sink their teeth in. Mm-hmm. Some banks will look at heavy receivables, but as you know, that's not something that, that well, goes. And they'll they'll their haircut will be a lot less than what the factoring haircut is too. Correct. They'll probably want to lend. We'll only want to lend maybe fifty, sixty percent on that. Right, and and then that doesn't help with rapid growth because you know, unfortunately, debt financing is not the best situation all the time, and it happens a lot to where a company will qualify for an SBA loan. And they're all excited. Hey, we, we got funding. They approved money in the bank. They go out there and they blow through that capital. And by the way, in our in our market and uh, with the within our Asian Indian market, there's a lot of a lot of folks over there out there that bring in technology gurus from India and then place them. This may be something that uh, they would want to look at. Absolutely, because it's because they're billing big companies. And they're under heavy pressure for payroll. And I always like to add, just as an entrepreneur, that everybody likes to talk about what's the cost, how much is it, you know, so on and so forth. But just as a business owner, just to have enough capital and cash flow, the quality of life that you don't have to freak out and stress out, you know, just for. Am I going to be able to make the payment pay, this month? Yeah. So there, a lot of companies are, are, you know, when payroll, payday, they're wanting to run out the back door when the employees are coming in the front door to get paid because, you know, sometimes it's tight. But man, they may be able to advance their line and make payroll, but then, then they got to write a check to cover the interest. <laughs> I mean, you've already paid your interest right. when you when you sell an invoice. You may pay a little bit more than you want, but you're right. There is a certain peace of mind uh, that we talk a, a lot about with small business owners here that uh, may be worth an, ex- an extra cost. It is exciting to me to think about all the businesses that i've been able to personally experience and watch them go from startup and fuel their business up to big companies all by factoring and done right it's hard to argue so uh the cost is really irrelevant if it's used properly uh this is on the money brought to you by embassy national bank i am joe moss your operator and operator and moderator uh not running the switchboard today mike salmon is doing that thank goodness and uh we're broadcasting from live from the subaru of gwinnett studios brand new sparkling studio that we enjoy broadcasting out of and uh, we're talking with mark little of diversified funding services and he's given us a really good uh bird's eye not bird's eye very detailed review of factoring um, he's been in this business since 1998 and has dealt with a lot of different companies, both people that need the money and people that provide the company. Um, it's been very helpful um, uh, helpful for me, Mark. Um, 
Let's go back to the list of companies. You said uh, staffing companies, uh, people that uh, the the fleet companies. Who else? Manufacturers uh, are good for it, um, and really. Truly, any business that provides a product or service and invoices. It's important to, to make note, though, that the uh, product has to be delivered and the service rendered. There can't be any pre-bills. So any company that's, uh, for example, uh, printing companies, uh, we can do printing companies. But if, if there's any pre-bills or they ask for 50%, you know, up front, or th- that can't be invoiced. Another niche, it used to be very popular. But you could sell the other 50%, couldn't you? Correct, once it's okay. delivered. That, okay. Correct. Yeah, right. okay. Um, uh, construction. Uh, there used to be a lot of factors in, in that space years back. Uh, it's not as easy to get done, but it is still very doable. There are companies that are focusing and niching out construction, but there's so many moving parts to that, uh, but it's, it's still... Yeah, but some of it, if you've got a a builder that may be building, uh, I don't know, 20 houses, 30 houses a year, that might be something he wants to look at if he's he's doing, uh, you know, contracting work for a bigger builder. Correct. And that's a good point that you made is if it's um, GCs can be a challenge to get done because a lot of times they're bonded and that bond takes over anything. So Mm -hmm. even if you know, a factor's in place and something goes wrong, that bond comes in and locks down everything. So a factor's not going to be comfortable with that. One thing, uh, we've only got a little bit more time left, but I do want to kind of shift the conversation to um, another part of your business, that is the actual running of the business that you've done real well with, and that's the whole aspect of using uh, Internet marketing, social media. Um, why don't you tell us what you've done and what the impact of that has been on your business? It's really been an awesome experience just as an entrepreneur because you you never know if the decisions you're making are the right ones all the time and of course hindsight no you 20, don't do you hindsight's 2020 so you're able to look back and go oh that was a good choice that wasn't why did i do that one uh, but when i first got started and it's interesting how much has changed uh since 98 and was the ladies in here that are you know Google didn't exist. <laughs> Imagine that. Google didn't exist. And so the phones we have didn't exist. And uh, when I first started, the Faximal fax machine, it's the role. I remember fax machine, yeah, so with the paper. Well, yeah, the, with the Faximal, whatever, the thin rolled up paper. And, and I used to come come in and when an application would, it would be submitted, it would all be rolled up on the floor. So you'd have to spread it out and cut each one and make copies. Anyway, I'm kind of well. And I found off. that uh, young people don't really want to hear those kind of stories. I like to. Well, but you know, it's part of the, I know, the yeah. getting older, right? That's right. <laughs> I used to walk to school in snow uphill, barefoot, yeah, barefoot both ways, with broken glass <laughs> under the snow. <laughs> so anyway, I'll I'll quit talking about how much has changed, but. <laughs> I, I got started traditionally. I, you know, got involved with the Chamber of Commerces, went and talked to so many banks, uh, just trying to develop relationships and asking for their turndowns and getting that relationship established. And I got involved with the, uh, his name was Corey Rudolph, and it was the Internet Marketing Center. And that guy was legit. It was someone that gave you really, good cutting edge 
things to look out for, trends that were coming. And here's some trends we think you should look at. He unfortunately got killed in a car wreck. And, of course, now the Internet's covered up with, you know, quote-unquote gurus. But mm-hmm. most of the stuff that's being pitched is outdated stuff that's they've already is past its cycle. But anyway, that's when, before blogging was known, I was reading about starting a blog. Um, and he came up across with, it was called Paperclick. No one knew what Paperclick was. Never heard of it. And there was a company called GoTo. And GoTo was a pay-per-click site. And it was so easy to manage. It was just anybody could do it. Didn't need to have any technical experience. You just go in there, create your ad, and set your bid. Back then, at the very beginning, five, six cents a click. And so they got fancy and started what was called auto-bid. And it would go up a penny and outbid your your uh, competitors up till the cap you put it. And I was one of the... I remember that because someone asked me to invest on the creation of that, and I thought, this isn't going to work. <laughs> anyway, keep going. Yeah, but um, the um, Go Overture bought GoTo, and then Yahoo bought Overture, and then Google came along, and man, oh, man, has the things changed. Uh, Google is... Score still the dominant player. So clicks that you used to spend a nickel on cost how much? Some today? of them are seventy five dollars a click, and that's that's for a click. It's not for a lead. It's not for a phone call. It's just you get your you go to, to your analytics and you're like, okay, uh, the budget's blown for the day, and I didn't get a single phone call mm-hmm. or an email. You don't know who who they are, uh, and I've seen a lot of people get harmed by that. Uh, because a lot of the internet marketers per se would tell people just to go out there and get in the pay-per-click space and, and people would just throw their credit card down and go forth because they think it's a, a magic pill or a magic bullet or whatever. And then they, they rack up a bunch of debt and it didn't work. Uh, what I've ex- experienced during that process though, during the uh, riding that wave, it was incredible. And it took me off the street. And because I was so that it helped you get a lot of referrals, unbelievable amount of referrals. There was no way humanly possible for me. And even even if I would have hired business development officers and say I would have hired four business development officers, there's no way to go out there and, and, and bring in the number of leads that I was bringing in online. And as far as the cost effectiveness, it was cheap. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, I, I rode that wave and it got to where. Uh, it became really internet business, which is crazy. It's in finance, and we had have customers all over the U.S. Now you're doing a lot on social media now too. We're starting to engage in in that, and that's where you're seeing. But you've always done blogging. Uh, yeah, I had a had a was one of the first to get in into the blogging, and there was a, other little um, tips and advice that was giving how to get your site to you know convert, mm-hmm. and um, it was. Looking back now, if you go to the Wayback, you can. I think it's called Wayback, and you can actually see what websites look back look like years back. Mm-hmm. And you can, I can go and look and see the stages of my site and how it developed over the years. And it, it looks so outdated, of course, uh, now some of the stuff we did. But the thing with pay-per-click now is if you do not study and learn Google's algorithms and everything they require. You're not going to succeed. 
Mm-hmm. So you have to outsource it and find a company that knows what they're doing, how to do it, uh, and be prepared for it. Yeah, we've been working on that at the bank, and we found that uh, blogging is the most effective way of getting picked up in a Google search. It's the least expensive way of getting picked up in a Google search. Yeah, and just making sure that, you know. Because a lot that goes out and looks at a lot of different tags and whatever right. else they do. I, we've gone from meta tags now into looking in blogs and it's, I, I think it's kind of scary if we sat back and saw what Google was actually looking at when you did a search. I don't even want to think about all <laughs> what all that goes on now. Um, but you've been a very effective in using social media and expanding your business. Um, well, listen, I'm uh, tell everybody how they can get in touch with you. Okay, of course, my website is www.divfunding.com. It's uh, a good website, by the way. Thank you. And uh, even though it may look old, it's still a very informative website. We're in the process of updating some things as well, and we've got a, a SEO campaign underway. Uh, phone number is 770-603-0055 or toll-free 888-603-0055. And email is mlittle, L-I-T-T-L-E, at divfunding.com. Good deal. Good deal. And... Um, Mark is uh, can really help you uh, find a good factor, and if you're a factor, I suspect Mark can really help you find some good customers as well. So I think his he 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 can uh, help going both ways on that. So, well, Mark, it's good to have you on the show, and I'm really glad we had this conversation. Um, you know, factoring to a bank, a banker is considered uh, you know a unattractive source of financing, but You've opened my eyes. It's something I think uh, a small business ought to take a look at. I appreciate that, and uh, I'm open and love to, you know, discuss. There's no silly questions, so if anybody has any questions, just call. I also believe in professional no's as I do professional yeses. Uh, So I also like to educate CPAs, bankers, and business owners about the value of factoring. It may not be the right fit for your company, but I'll help you identify that. Mm-hmm. And maybe with the right conversation, open up some eyes and realize that uh, the financing that companies need is right there in their invoices. Well, um, thanks, Mark. And uh, that's it for On the Money today. Uh, just a reminder to everybody, we are the number one small business show on Business Radio X. We've attracted over 53,000 listeners since we started. Uh, Embassy National Bank is our proud sponsor. I'm Joe Moss, the moderator and president at Embassy National Bank. And uh, you can follow us on Twitter at on underscore the underscore money and number one. So on the money one with underscores in there. And uh, I guess the best thing to do is to go to our website where we have all of our episodes and uh, you can download anything that we've talked about. We've got a lot of good information out there on the money dot business dot com. You can also sign up for free on iTunes. And um, until next time, this is Joe and uh, signing off here. And just remember, put fear in the back seat. And be real careful out there. So we'll talk to you next time. Thank you. 